Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. And a very good morning to you. Our lines are open, 1850-333-103. Bernie taking your comments across the show. If you wish to raise something or comment on something we are discussing, you can always text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. Very shortly, we'll be discussing what came out yesterday evening from Neffet on children over the age of nine who are now going to be asked, uh, the recommendation is anyhow, to wear masks in public places and within school. That shortly also worries over a new variant that has been discovered from Southern Africa and indeed Hong Kong but also on the programme uh, Firefighters when will they be back at Balancolic Fire Station it was something we spoke about earlier this week on the show and indeed last week it was raised in the Doyle we'll be speaking to Andreas Moynihan the Fianna Fáil, uh, Cork North West deputy who raised this in conjunction with the move of course Balancolic has made from one local authority to the other which is one of the major reasons for this happening from Cork County to Cork City and in the changes uh, they have made there within the fire service we'll discuss that shortly as well in the programme, plus why we researchers are calling on the people of Cork to have their voices heard about the future of the region with their creating our future campaign. What's that all about? We'll hear more later. The National Lottery Regulator could appear before the Dáil Finance Committee. The Taoiseach has suggested this across the week because of the rollover that keeps happening with the lotto, but it was first raised by Fine Gael Deputy Bernard Durkin, who will join me later on the show. And who remembers the Sugra, the Spree and the Sunnis from Prime school and the excitement at this time of the year when you knew and your teacher said these are on the way and I mean the excitement across the classroom with the various puzzles and stories that were contained in these and they had different editions to suit different ages within the school. We'll be speaking to Folans about the latest edition of these and the memories I'm sure people have of receiving these within primary school over the years. And staying with books, we're going to hear about a book which details the turning points in people's lives. It's well-known personalities who are featured in this book. It'll be a fabulous coffee table book and a page turner for Christmas. And it's launched as a fundraiser for sporting facilities at the Hamilton High School in Bandit. 
Brandon will chat to one of the teachers there on why they have done this and the novel uh, reason on how they turn the stories of well-known personalities into the turning points of their lives to feature in this book. Our movie review as well with Mark after 12.30 and more of your calls and comments. Plus shortly I'll let you know how you can win across the programme with Unpost. But as you've been hearing across the morning on early morning news with Barry, children over the age of nine are to be asked to wear masks in schools, in shops and on public transport. Neffet has also advised against indoor community gatherings for under 12s. Well I'm joined now by Laura Erskine, a parenting expert who has joined me on this. Good morning to you Laura. Good morning. And while teachers, Laura, are welcoming this and said this could be a little too late when it comes to protection within the school, parents have been in contact with us since the early morning with their concerns. And their concerns are that they can barely keep their uh, child to have a jacket on them or keep a scarf on in the winter months, not to mind now, uh, keeping a mask on them as well. And, And a lot of worry from parents on those who have children with sensory issues. Absolutely. I think the, the there's definitely concern there amongst parents because this is a brand new announcement and um, we still have to figure out how best this will work practically in the classroom. It's something that can't be made mandatory because, as you've just pointed out there, it won't suit every single child and every single school. And that's because there are children with special needs out there and there are also children attending normal schools who may have issues with breathing, for example, asthma, and uh, a mask might inhibit their ability to breathe properly within the classroom uh, and cause um, issues there. So what we want to do, I suppose, in introducing masks is to mitigate the spread of the COVID um, Delta variant. And now we're hearing stories about a a new South African variant that is is currently in circulation and, and even more virulent than Delta. So that's a big concern. So anything we can do to try and, and reduce the spread of COVID within classrooms, which we've seen rise to over 10,000 cases in the last two weeks in primary schools. And yet the numbers are much, much lower in secondary schools where the students have been wearing masks since they returned to school in September. So we know masks work. And it is a recommendation from the WHO as being one of a number of measures, including sanitisation, social distancing and vaccination, all helping to reduce the spread of COVID. So children who are aged between 9 and 12 or in third to sixth class in primary school, they understand how to wear a mask. And if they're wearing it just in the classroom and they're encouraged to do so by both their parents and indeed the, the teachers in the school, then that's a good thing because it will help prevent the spread of of COVID. And if they're all wearing it, you know, children of that age, they really respond to what their peers are doing and they like to to be part of the crowd and do what everybody else is doing. And they'll be shown how to properly put the mask on and off by their parents and by the teachers so that it it maximises its effectiveness. And I do think that the government in that regard do need to provide disposable three-ply I suppose, size-appropriate masks for primary school children and and supply those to the schools whereby they can pick one up, a fresh one, a clean one, every single morning going into school and and then dispose of it when they're leaving, which which allows us to make sure that, you know, we maximise the effectiveness of the masks. 
Indeed, and reduces the cost on parents who may be, you know, struggling to buy items as it is coming up to Christmas without having to worry about another a few euros for masks. And I know they're a small amount, but we, we are aware of families who are struggling for every euro at this stage and this time of the year. I mentioned there about too little too late. I mean, some feel and some parents, even though they are worried about their child wearing a mask all day within the school, they feel, is it too late to bring it in now? I mean, we, we've heard before from the education minister and Neffet that schools were a, a safe place. They changed their attitude this week. The INTO have always maintain their worries within the schools and we've had parents Lord I'm sure within the parents experts group as well you have there you've had parents and grandparents as we've had crying on the phone because they're doing everything they can to keep safe yet COVID has come into their house and they feel the only way it probably came in was due to the high numbers in that age group in primary school that brought it in and then you have a whole household and grandparents isolating which they find frustrating and very upsetting. Absolutely. And nobody wants that. And we've had the highest you know, number of cases nationally since um, the beginning of this year in the last couple of weeks. Uh, and so we know that we need to increase our measures against the spread of COVID. And if masks are, are something that is recommended and proven to work, then I think we should do that. And, you know, parents and grandparents, everybody is worn out. We're all hitting COVID burnout at this point. And the last thing any of us want to happen is for Christmas to be cancelled in terms of spending time with our family uh, and friends and indeed for, you know, schools to, to close uh, or the social extracurricular activities that our children participate in to, to also cease um, for a period. Those, uh, you know, the social interaction that children get from school, the uh, the learning that they get in the school versus when they're learning distance from home um, is so important. And then the mental health aspect of seeing their, their friends in school, attending their extracurricular activities, which aren't all outdoors in terms of, of football and Gaelic. Some of them are gymnastics. They're singing and dancing, uh, you know, their their piano, they're all those kind of things that are held indoors. Uh, and they've only just got back uh, to, to full tilt now in terms of children being able to participate in them. And they're just so important in terms of, of keeping a routine for children and for their mental health. So, you know, if, if we just have to step up in terms of encouraging our children to wear masks, who are well used to seeing masks, some of them have even worn them on planes when they went recently on holidays with their families at the end of the summer. Um, some of them have worn them in, in inside um, indoors activities for, like, for example, the gymnastics, for example, the, the stage and the acting schools, just so that they can participate. So I think children would be more than happy to wear them. They're very resilient. What we need to do is encourage them to do so and get behind it. And, um, you know the likes of the ventilation in schools. We all know that we're going to have children sitting in very cold temperatures with windows wide open and wearing their hats and their coats in the class um, just to spread the COVID, of, of to stop the spread of COVID-19. And, and masks is just one extra step in that regard. And then, of course, the vaccinations and the approval of those by the, the uh, EMEA is a huge step forward. And what parents need now is more information and education about the uh, the safety of those vaccines so that we can get the majority of our population vaccinated. Well, more information is due out today on that and indeed on the recommendations we mentioned for the moment. Laura, thanks for joining us this morning. 
Thank you. That's a parenting expert, Laura Erskine, of the parent, Parenting Experts. And a lot of people agreeing with Laura on what she's saying there on text already. People are saying, look, it is something that children will have to do now if this is brought in. But uh, another Laura here is saying, my child already asks to be uh, included when we are putting on masks going out uh, with our family uh, because they feel left out. Otherwise, Elizabeth, the same. Uh, children will get used to this. They are resilient, as uh, Laura has said. Uh, while another texter, Janet, says, I do have an issue with this. Uh, my child, I feel, won't be able to cope wearing a mask all day in school. And I wonder how the schools will react if we feel they should not have to wear a mask. So mixed views for some parents. Others feel, as Laura said, that they will become resilient to this and this new rule that comes in. But while there's talks of that this morning and the new measures Neffet are recommending, ministers are meeting over concern about another COVID-19 uh, variant that is uh, coming in this time and is spreading from South Africa and this variant is, might make vaccines less effective and the efforts that are continuing across the world to fight the pandemic uh, will continue on but there is a lot of worries over the effectiveness of the vaccine against this new variant that is coming from South Africa. In a statement last night the Department of Health said that no cases of this variant have been reported in Europe to date but the Minister for Health Stephen Donnelly he's deeply concerned and they've also said the department in recent days have been monitoring the emergence of this new variant which is called B11529 and the World Health Organization was meeting today or is due to meet today anyhow to further assess its significance of this variant and again has been identified in uh, countries in southern Africa and in Hong Kong and the department has noted that the WHO has not yet designated this variant as a variant of concern. So that's uh, something that will change, uh, I'm sure, as the day goes on and what, what they think of that variant. But as the day goes on, and you heard there in Barry on News at 10, the Minister for Justice now has said that hotel quarantine could be reintroduced following the emergence of this new variant. And the European Commission's proposing member states to ban air travel from the southern African region after cases, as I mentioned, were identified there. Uh, the UK already have done this and even though those in South Africa are pleading with the UK to change and relook at this, Boris Johnson has come out uh, this morning and said no, they're going ahead with this. I think there's a tourism fear in South Africa because of the fact that I think there's been a lot of bookings from the UK to South Africa for the Christmas period in by way of tourism. But no, the UK has gone ahead regarding what they are doing in uh, banning air travel and now the European Commission is looking at this as well this morning and it's also possible that the Munster rugby team uh, you see a lot of people asking about what are they going to do uh, they of course are currently in South Africa well they may have to quarantine on their return to Ireland so we'll have to wait and see uh, how the news on this it's uh, a changing story every hour uh, on this new variant that is emerging from South Africa and indeed also located in Hong Kong we'll keep you up to date on that across the show your views are welcome 1850 or you can text or WhatsApp 86 And on something completely different, Garth Brooks, well, he's a song, the, the dance. I'm sure he did one himself yesterday. It seems now with the five nights we spoke about on the show yesterday sold out, he will rake in around 32 million euros. So no wonder he's happy with his tweets yesterday to Ireland. And as we know, the Late Late Toy Show, that is going ahead tonight. It's a real, I suppose, start of Christmas for all of us here in Ireland. A big tradition for us on TV and Irish television. And this year's theme is The Lion King. And while they were preparing this, Ryan Turbody was speaking uh, earlier on 
on to us and he said that there was a fear it may not go ahead or they weren't too sure how things would work this year with the ever-changing situation with COVID. To be honest with you, I thought we were going to be looking at a slightly different toy show this year. Yeah. I thought the restrictions were going to be very much lifted. I thought the vaccines would change everything. But as it turns out, it hasn't been quite as simple as that. So okay. we have been... We have been um, navigating our way through the choppy waters uh, but that has not stopped the show it yep. has not stopped the spirit of the show in fact it's only encouraged us to fight back and be better again so it's exciting we're going to have a very small audience but it's all COVID compliant so it's grand uh, but it's better than what happened last year which was no audience many days the start of Christmas it's on tonight the Late Late Toy Show you can check that one out uh, later on RT a lot of people I'm sure looking forward to that and uh, the night I suppose where children are allowed to stay up later than they usually would three and on that new variant we mentioned and what the UK is doing batting flights straight away the European Commission looking into this they probably will follow suit like the UK has done Finbar and Bantry says fair play to the UK for taking this measure and banning flights Ireland will be slow again as usual a disaster says Finbar in Bantry well if the EU goes ahead with this it will be implemented here as well and on the face masks for children uh, to wear uh, a lot of people texting in on this here's uh, one uh, which says that the government told us all along the schools were not a problem so why are they a problem now Bahombugs in Dublin absolutely trying to destroy our children's health and Christmas absolutely no way says this person on WhatsApp that her children will wear a mask and the recommendation is that they will well it is a recommendation and probably will come in at this stage from what, what we're hearing and what we were discussing there with Laura uh, a few minutes ago but it will more, like, more likely be enforced as Neffet of course have made this recommendation they're also looking at extensive sending the COVID certs use uh, whereby they weren't extended the last time round in the restrictions they very weren't specific what they could do this time either but it could apply to the likes of gyms barbers and hairdressers if they do go ahead with extending the use of digital COVID certs but on what that last WhatsApp is saying that she won't uh, put a mask on her child going to school well, their nephew are saying that they are now looking at that, that children over the age of nine are going to be asked to wear masks in school and not only in school, in shops and on public transport. Your views are welcome. 1850 Or you can text or WhatsApp 0862103103. And Unpost wants to remind people of the importance of sending posts, parcels and gifts and sending early this Christmas. It's Unpost season of sending. Send joy, send magic send love but guess who turned up at the Unpost Parcel Hub to wish the staff well as they embark on another busy season of Christmas none other than the iconic Irish legend Johnny Logan yes he's reminding the nation to get talking again and that the very special art of letter writing that some say we might have lost over the years but I think the pandemic last year and as we're currently within this pandemic it's brought back more people writing letters and sending Christmas cards and there's something very special about receiving a letter and of course at this time of the year a Christmas card when you open up the post and you see a Christmas card arriving I mean surely it puts a smile in your face because everyone loves getting a Christmas card well there is already strong demand within Unpost with many starting early uh, with their Christmas post but Johnny Logan Eurovision winner many times is reminding people to send the love this Christmas with Unpost's Post Me Now see what they did there Hold me now, post me now. Anyhow, because of this, we have an Unpost prize pack to give away this morning. And what's in that prize pack? It's a booklet of stamps, including 20 nationals and five international stamps, a prepaid Unpost box, prepaid 
post-packaging and a personalised Johnny Logan bauble with Post Me Now slogan on it. All you have to do is guess their very famous Eurovision song that Johnny sung. What is this song? I've been praying such a long time Text or WhatsApp 0862103103. We'll reveal the winner of that prize at the end of the show. If you can figure out what this Eurovision song Johnny sung is. I've been praying such a long time. Text or WhatsApp 0862103103. On the way, we're ha- going to find out what is happening at Banning College Fires. Record today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 0862103103. Firefighters expressed concern earlier this week on the show at the fire station in Banning College remaining closed while staff are located at Anglesey Street and more staff are training. Now, we heard from locals in Banning College and Councillor Derry Canty who wants a resolution to this earlier this week. Andreas Moynihan, the Cork North and West Deputy, has raised this in the Dáil and joins me this morning. Good morning to you, Andreas. Hi, good morning, John Paul. I suppose firefighters based in Banning College now gone back into Anglesey Street. It's a lot to do with budgeting here and of course Banning College moved from Cork County to Cork City by way of local authority. The concern from staff is if something was to happen within Cork City and Banning College at the same time, response could be a problem and also they're worried about if there's simply a fire in Banning College, their response time from Anglesey Street to Banning College itself. I mean, you can see where their concerns are coming from. Oh yes, very definitely. There, there are very real uh, anxieties and concerns from the staff, the council, uh, also very much from locals. And I think very often something that's overlooked is that while we're talking about a fire station that's based in Ballincollig, it's a service that that serves a much wider area as well, westward, uh, Ovens, Aherla, and on west. Uh, often the the N22, there would be a crew that would be out on on any incidents there. So we're we're talking about a very wide area, and there's very reasonable concerns from people. Like, uh, are they are the crews going to arrive faster on the scene now or slower because they're having to come from the city centre? And of course, people are very proud of the the service that was provided locally by the retained service over many years, and are worried that it might possibly being run down. But like will will the service be coming fast enough uh, to these areas if it's having to come through the city centre? And like they're very reasonable points. And they're they're anxieties that I've been raising with the city council. Uh, also highlighted it in the Dáil as well recently because uh, people are worried and there needs to be progress on it. Um, we've seen where the the crew that was temporarily based there, uh, a full-time crew that City Hall had put into Ballincollig temporarily, that they have now returned to to Anglesey Street, and that you know their the retained service that had always been based in Ballincollig that has the numbers have dropped off there, and um, some of them are recruited into the into the uh, full-time, but. Right across the country, it's it's always been difficult to retain to have retained firefighting crews, um, and City Hall are telling us that their aim is to to do a further recruitment on um, retained firefighters. Now they tried before, and there was 
no applications on it. They weren't able to do that. It's it's difficult anyway. And they're they're talking now about doing a further recruitment, and that will take time for to do a recruitment and have boots on the ground. So there is that gap in between, and we know we know that, for example, they did a recruitment on full time firefighters, and those eighteen new recruits they're undergoing training. We're only weeks away from when they will be deployed. So that opportunity is there that they will be deployed across the the different um, stations in in the service. So that that might have have a, a, a strong influence on the availability of our fire, of firefighters around. And when you uh, mention Ballincollig there, Andreas, I mean, you, you, a lot of the firefighters were on about response times from the city to Ballincollig. And then on the show on Monday, we, I was explaining what areas like Coachford and Cladouf and Arhalev, would they be affected by this as well? And while firefighters said they would, as far as McCroom, we got emails then from people, I would presume within the fire service, because they, they knew a lot about this. Uh, one was from Martin who says uh, that Anglesey Street Fire Station is not the PDA to cover McCroom if Ballincollig is not available. Mill Street would be the next support to McCroom and the people covered from McCroom must be in a panic now. I mean, uh, is McCroom affected by this? The, the fire, fire service itself said if there was an incident in McCroom, Mill Street would go. But also, depending on the incident, Ballincollig would be called in as well. Yeah, I suppose the, the first key thing on it is that uh, in the event of, a, of an emergency, the fire engines don't stop at the county bounds. They go to where there is an incident or to serve the need. Um, so... And there is an arrangement between the city and the, the county council uh, for to, to cater for that. The Ballincollig service um, had always been moving westward as well and co- uh, overlap with McCroom service uh, for much of that area that you refer to. Um, and, you know, if, if that's coming from the city, um, then it's going to be that bit slower. Uh, McCroom have a very strong service uh, always and getting a new station built on it uh, in, in McCroom as well but they, they're they covering that area that, that you referred to and you know it's not just who can get there first, there may be more than one tender needed uh, and that, that could be coming either from Mill Street or, or uh, McCroom or from, from, from Cork and so, then the situation with Ballincollig, I mean, a new fire station lying idle, not ideal whatsoever. You did raise this in the doll, as I mentioned, on Taoiseach, Michal Martin gave the response regarding the retained firefighters recruitment that they're planning. And I mean, you mentioned it there about the full-time staff as well, that, that they are going to bring into the system. Uh, how long more will this go on for? So, I mean, if, if they're saying the plan is there to either get retained firefighters or there could be a, a system in place to bring the full-timers uh, the new ones that is into Banning College, is there a timeline? Do we know how long more this will remain idle? Yeah, uh, you're you're spot on. I've made that very point that as the city is coming west, how could it make sense to have an empty first station uh, as the city moves on west? There are 18 recruits undergoing training and we know that they are only weeks away from being deployed so that they will be deployed across the, the city um, uh, stations. The The City Council are putting a lot of emphasis on another recruitment of retained firefighters, but they've already had difficulty in in achieving numbers on that. It's difficult across the country. And even if they were doing a recruitment in the morning, it would take some time to go through that recruitment and have boots on the ground. So realistically, you're looking at the 18 
who are currently finishing off their training, you would have to expect that they will in some way or another, but because they're bolstering the numbers in the city, that that will, uh, that you're looking towards that as a way of, of resolving things in the short term. But City Hall are telling us that realistically uh, that they want to have a retained service uh, long term in the area. That's going to be slow um, purely from a recruitment so there is that worry there. Okay, um, so n- n- not very ideal at the moment, uh, but it will take time. And until they have someone there, everything remains as it is. Before I let you go, Andreas, I, I, as a government TD, is there concern this morning uh, within government parties about this new variant that has been detected in southern Africa, uh, that region, and also in Hong Kong? I mean, the Justice Minister has come out this morning and she's saying that hotel quarantine could be reintroduced following the emergence of this new variant. Uh, what's, what's the feeling? I mean, a lot of people are saying we should be banning flights now from South Africa to Ireland, as the UK have done, but I know the European Commission is proposing that at the moment. That's right. The the there was that change around in the in the international travel um, earlier in the year, where this handbrake facility was put in place. And I understand that this morning, Ursula van der Leyen had been indicating that they were uh, arranging meeting on. On that and looking at the, the possibility of that, uh, the UK have uh, responded on it and are shutting down. It is entirely possible uh, that they that different EU states would be looking at similar options. We don't have direct flights in from South Africa and from the affected countries, but that it you could see a situation where there could be restrictions on uh, on people coming from those areas. The whole situation with COVID is changing very rapidly. We've seen that right right the way over the, the last number uh, of, of months on it again. Uh, I think we have the advantage of having the, the vaccine and if people are being offered the, the booster that should be encouraging for to, to, to avail of that. A lot of it is to, to try and avoid any further uh, restrictions that we want to make sure that that where where we have a, an opportunity ourselves to you know our own responsibility, whether it's with the masks or keeping our distance and and so on, uh, because we we don't want to be seeing a situation where there's tightening up of of restrictions. But definitely seeing this additional variant is a worry. It's not surprising insofar as you'll you'll see different variations coming up. Uh, across the, the world on it all the time but it is a worry that it's there again and that there's that it seems to be more transmissible uh, and that they will have to be taking action uh, likely on it uh, very quickly Okay well we'll wait and see what happens on that developing story for the moment Andreas thanks for joining us this morning that is Deputy Andreas Moynihan Fianna Deputy for Cork North West your views are welcome 1850 333103 text or WhatsApp 086 see more of a focus on outdoor facilities as a result of the pandemic or indeed our changing lifestyle. Well, whatever your picture, now is the time to have your say as part of the government-led Creating Our Future campaign because researchers from this campaign are calling on the people right across Cork to have their voices heard about our future before it's too late. Uh, Niall Smith, head of Blackrock Castle, joins me on this. Good morning to you, Niall. 
Good morning, John Paul. And thanks for joining us. I mean, this, while well, there's great prospects for Cork here, and we heard during the week the plans for the South Docks, this more or less is how I suppose families and how personally we can improve our future life. Yeah, so I think uh, we all have some things probably that we feel passionate about individually and the Creating Our Future project is really appealing to the individual or the family or whatever it is or your community group, but it's up for you to decide on what it is that's important for you. And it doesn't have to be something that you've read somewhere else. It doesn't have to be something that you think will be important to somebody else. It's just something that's important to you. And it can be from something relatively small. I mean, we hear about the whole thing about climate change, but it could be something very small, that, or you think it might be very small, but it might be very important to you. And we really want people to start from, from that perspective, because if we can get some sense of what is important to people, then we can do something with that. If we can't capture that jam ball, then we can't do anything with it. So the first thing we need to do is to get people to think before the deadline, which is the 30th, that's next Tuesday, to submitting their idea. But um, any idea is one that we want in the first instance. And I mentioned there the prospect of maybe more outdoor facilities, Mm. better playgrounds in county towns, and maybe even better public transport is what a lot of people would say. Is that what type of ideas that they would be looking for? And others as well, as you mentioned, that people may not ever think could be possible to have in a city or town. Yeah, uh, no, I mean, the public, rural public transport, for example, is, is, a, is a real issue and it, it's come up before. Let's bring it back to the table again. The issue of, uh, in that case, it might be, you know, how do we do that in a way? Do we need some research to show how we could do that better? I mean, we have certain plans at the moment. Could they be supported? Could policies be supported by people saying, here's a couple of ideas. If you run the bus route a bit differently, then maybe it'll improve the take up and so on. So we want people who maybe have specific, you know, experiences of those things to come and tell us, based upon our experiences, here's either a question, because it could be like, could you improve public transport? Or it could be, here's a way to improve public transport. Really, whatever sort of gamut you want it can be. Your playgrounds one is a really interesting one because kids outdoors playing, there's already some evidence that that improves things like their mental health, things like their cognitive abilities and so on. Maybe we need to address that a bit more because maybe we need kids to go into playgrounds for another 20 minutes a week because that's going to have a, you know, a, a much better influence on them. So if, we, if we're unsure and if people are unsure, put in the submission. So don't be the filter on the submission, if you like. Let that come to, to, to be what ultimately become a, this huge book of inspiration um, that will be there with all the submissions. By the way, we don't, we don't include names or anything like that, so nobody needs to know. You can do it completely anonymously, so you don't have to be worried that your idea might be silly or something like that. There are, by the way, no silly ideas. But this book of inspiration will then exist for years to come. And somebody might pick it up in two years' time and say, you know that idea about fast fashion or dog walking that we didn't do anything about? Actually, I think that's now important. So by capturing the ideas, we give the future researchers an opportunity to say, now is the time to do research on that. Of course, maybe it's immediately the time to do research on that. But again, we've got to get the ideas in, John Paul. Yeah, and it's, I suppose that like brainstorming publicly across the country and having a bank of ideas then a certain place so in the future we can look at those ideas. I mean, already the people of McCroom have texted in with a lot of ideas. First of all, JP, cycle greenways for McCroom. I think that is needed. That would be my idea. While somebody else in McCroom, this is Liz, uh, says, I live in McCroom and what I love about the area is the Gaeltacht so near us. And I often would hear people speaking fluent Gaelic 
Gaelic and fluent Irish in the shops. I think we need more signage on the roads from Cork to McCroom and then onto Killarney Os Gaelga. I think that would be a benefit. So something like that I suppose would work as well. I mean their ideas as Liz says I don't know if it's big or not but it would be something that could enhance the area when the Gael talk this done here. Absolutely. Like they're, they're perfect ideas already and what I would say to the, to the listeners there, please submit those into the creatingourfuture.ie because even, you know, this idea of the, of the, of the Gaelic like signage, that, that could inspire a whole set of communities to connect together going forward, help to, to, to revive or sustain the Irish language and help to protect the sustainability of the Gaelic out there. It's all because somebody said exactly what that listener said in Mallow. So I, I think uh, um, it's, it's a really important type of thing to do because, you know, you don't know what you don't know or where, you know, we've all had these conversations around the dinner table maybe and they spark something and an idea that goes forward and the idea goes off and, and get, grabs its own legs and it's that spark like some of those listeners' ideas which, which, are, which are really interesting. Already I'm, I'm thinking of things that one would do as a researcher to try to, uh, to, try to address those and, and they're exciting and by the way, it's what I'm really, think is really nice about that is we're not looking just for you know, technology questions or, t- mm. or questions that might be the obvious ones or that seem to be you know difficult often the simple questions are the difficult ones to solve or the ones that give us the the most opportunities going forward so again it's 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 that that type of thing about you know sustainability of communities as a a start maybe from a discussion about signage to do with gale talk areas and linking that and of course we are if we did this five years ago we could have a lot of different answers than now post-covid so it'll be interesting to see the mix of ideas people will send in I mean this is funded then it's these projects that they get to go ahead it's government funding isn't it? Yes. Yeah, so basically what the, the, the government has committed to is that future research policy will take account of these ideas so there's a what's called an expert committee is going to sift through these ideas and, and, and categorize them and, and so on and look for what we're calling gems within that. So we're looking for maybe ideas that are only submitted by an individual, like they don't have to be submitted by a large number of individuals. It might be a single idea that's a really good idea that researchers will, will work on in the future. So there is a commitment that this won't sit on the shelf and, and be dusty. It'll be open and it'll also have funding behind it going forward to make sure that if, as you said, to be in five years' time or in ten years' time, if we do this again, that people won't be sceptical and say, well, gee, you didn't listen to us the last time. Mm-hmm. So it's really important that we, we take the opportunity. At the moment, we have about 10,500 um, ideas coming in, uh, suggestions of various sorts. It's really important that we act on those so that the Irish public feels more engaged, the ability to influence research going forward. Let this be a real catalyst for, for making us a nation where we're not afraid to say, excuse me, I have a question and I think we need to do some research into that. Let's give everybody the confidence to do that. This, this can help it, it, to do that. And I think that makes it exciting. And just give the website again so people can submit their ideas. Yeah. So it's just creating our future, all one word, dot IE. Creating our future. And it's next Tuesday is a deadline as well, JP. Tuesday. So. Okay. Creating our future.ie. Great initiative. Now, before I let you go, uh, the beautiful Black Rock Castle. How are things for you? It's looking fantastic on the photos people are taking across social media over the last few nights with the crisp, clear uh, weather we are having. I know it's cold, but it looks fantastic being lit up on the night skies over at Tivoli and Cork Harbour. You're open, are you? And how are things going? We are. So, so 
obviously, like in like any public um, publicly facing facility, we're challenged with the numbers that we can have in, and we're we're keeping an eye on public health advice all the time. We are open, um, so uh, if if in doubt, you can you can you can phone ahead just to check. So we're being very careful on numbers. So that's a little bit of a challenge, JP. And we obviously are all looking forward to when that isn't, so that people can just turn up. But we do we do have a, if you're thinking of Christmas presents, here's my little pitch. We have a lot of educational based ones in our shop. We're very happy for you to come along and think of for for Christmas let's add a bit of education into the excitement and so on at Christmas as well the place is looking terrific so don't be afraid to come down even have just a cup of coffee in the courtyard enjoy the Christmas tree if you want you can your letter to Santa so we have a Santa box that you can come down stick your letter to Santa and as astronomers we will make sure they get to him well in advance and there'll be no pandemic or other thing can get in the way of us and Santa Claus so lots of reasons to come and visit uh, even if we're challenged a little bit by the number yeah. of people we can have inside at any time. Well, that's fantastic. Uh, Black Rock Castle, and thanks for joining us this morning. You're very welcome. Thanks for the opportunity. Thank you. Take care. Noel Smith there, head of Black Rock Castle, on creating and ideas, I suppose, to create for our future, not only here in Cork, but across the country with Creating Our Future campaign. It's Cork Today with JP on till one. Your views are welcome. 1850 Or you can text or WhatsApp 0862103103. We were discussing there earlier regarding concerns and this new variant which has been discovered within South African countries and indeed Hong Kong and measures has been taken now first of all by the UK but I think the European Union will follow on very shortly in banning all flights from South Africa into Ireland and into the EU then in general as well and the concerns that people have then regarding this variant well it is still being looked at by the World Health Organisations and Dr Mike Ryan has come out recently there in the last hour or so and he says a lot more knowledge is needed about this new strain before they can offer further advice on exactly what is happening uh, but for the moment regarding the flight situation because a number of people are texting in and calling us on that and they feel Ireland is again behind and too late when you see the UK who have come out straight away and said they are banning air travel from those countries that we were too late here. Well the European Commission now is proposing that and I'm sure that will, uh, if they're proposing it and other countries are following suit that it could happen uh, today uh, or indeed over the next few days but the Munster rugby team who are in South Africa, they more than likely will have to quarantine upon their return to Ireland because I know we've got people texting in and asking about them as well what will happen well uh, so far anyhow it seems they will have to quarantine and then somebody on WhatsApp saying on the new variant and that is discovered uh, in Africa what has that got to do with this country says this person on WhatsApp why can't the government in Africa close the country down no one into Africa no one out to me that would make more sense than every other country then across the world trying to ban flights in and out of Africa on WhatsApp to 0862103103. And then on text, a person here asking, we've got our second vaccine on July the 3rd. We received it. Are we eligible then for our booster in the walk-in centre tomorrow, please? Well, if it was the 3rd of July you received your vaccine, we spoke last week with Peter Weedle of Weedle's Pharmacy because pharmacies are all also doing this you have the book with your pharmacy but they are uh, carrying out the boosters jabs for people and the advice he was giving is no you have to be five months and over to receive your booster vaccine so on his advice it would be the 3rd of December it's when you would be able to get onward that is the 3rd of December onwards it's when you would be able to receive your booster jab uh, but 
looking then and we checked in with the HSC on this and they say similar you must at least be five months after finishing the first and second course and if you had COVID since your vaccination you must wait six months so I would say to you is you'll have to wait until after the 3rd of December on the advice we have got uh, from both pharmacies and indeed from the HSC and speaking about creating our future here in Ireland and the ideas that the government are looking for uh, to look ahead and what we should have in our local communities. We spoke there with Noel Smith, head of Blackrock Castle, and we had a lot of ideas in from various areas. Uh, McCroom had, in Texas from McCroom, had a, a number of ideas uh, for the McCroom area to do with the Greenway and also enhancing Gaelic and Irish signs in the area as it's so close to the uh, Girl Talk. To, and on that, a person says here on text, I used to live in Australia and we had toy libraries. They were amazing. The child gets a rotation of toys great for the environment and your house is not cluttered. Uh, Toy kitchens, puzzles, everything and everything is sanitised between uses. That's a great idea. A toy library uh, when that text are lived in Australia. So that's something now you could submit to creatingourfuture.ie That would be something that they would I'm sure look into if it is already in place in Australia. Why not have something like that here? And I know already there's a number of uh, areas where people do swap toys and there's uh, uh, ideas and there's companies doing that at the moment but something like this does make sense. So thank you for your text to 0862103103 I mentioned Garth Brooks as well. Uh, of course, five days, five nights, all nearly sold out and uh, they reckon €32 million Euros is going Garth's way for these gigs. But John, uh, who I think from John's text and not really a fan of Garth, he says Garth Brooks must be breaking his sides laughing. He will hit the jackpot when he comes to Ireland. Haven't we a great country, John says, of pure fuel, fools. Over €30 million for poor Garth. Handy for his next lockdown. The COVID will dampen his spirits yet, John Fields. Um, so, yeah, that's John's view on Garth Brooks. I'm not too sure if everybody else agrees uh, with the amount that were queuing yesterday for tickets and five nights. He is huge in Ireland. You can't disagree with that. The public have spoken. But what's your view? Did you get tickets? I'd love to know someone who did queue online yesterday. And did you get tickets for Garth Brooks? Let us know if you are successful in going along to Garth Brooks and getting tickets and I'm sure those who have and our fans have a different view than John has of Garth Brooks and thank you John for your text and a lot of talk wasn't there over the last number of months regarding our bank holiday. Remember that extra bank holiday we were all getting for those who worked over the pandemic and also then to remember and recognise those who have died or been bereaved from COVID-19. Well, it seems it is going to happen next year and it's going to be uh, an exciting one for racing fans because we all know St. Patrick's Day is on the same week of Cheltenham and the Gold Cup usually happens on the day after St. Patrick's Day and the extra bank holiday has been penciled in for Friday, March 18th to coincide with the St. Patrick's Day celebrations a day earlier which would mean we would be off on St. Patrick's Day on the Thursday and then the Friday as well. So two days off, making it a very long weekend. Now I say two days off, that's fine for people who will get the day off. Not everybody uh, will be receiving that day off and employers also, uh, for those employers that do pay double pay on bank holiday, they might not be overjoyed by this but it is going to be Friday the 18th of March. Anyhow, it seems it's pencilled in. Are you happy with that date? That would mean you would have a three-day week that week and you'll be off the Thursday and Friday and the Department of Enterprise is 
is in charge of bank holidays and it was the Minister Leo Varadkar revealed uh, the promising bank holiday will more likely be on that day. But the future of that bank holiday, that's only for next year. It seems then the permanent extra bank holiday that we will have in this country will happen on St. Bridget's Day and it will be in and around the 1st of February Uh, but this regarding timing it won't be for next year the permanent bank holiday for workers will probably come in from 2023 onwards that we will have a permanent extra bank holiday in and around the 1st of February to mark St. Bridget's Day Uh, but for next year 2022 it looks like Friday March 18th will be an extra bank holiday so we'll have Paddy's Day St. Patrick's Day and we'll have Friday the 18th off we'll be off for both St. Patrick's Day and indeed Friday the 18th so that will be um, welcome I'm sure by a lot of people especially those who worked hard over the uh, period of the last two years and also we have to mark those on the front line and those who have died and been bereaved from COVID-19 so we'll see if that date is set in stone with pencil and anyhow your views are welcome on that but on posts as we mentioned earlier is reminding people about the importance of sending post parcels and gifts and sending early this Christmas and it's on posts season of sending send joy send magic and send love and as I mentioned earlier on the show, Johnny Logan, the iconic Irish legends and the Eurovision winner, and he wrote so many songs also that won the Eurovision. He's reminding the nation again to get talking and to get involved uh, with the very special art of letter writing and indeed sending Christmas cards because there was a lot more Christmas cards sent last year due uh, to the pandemic and the same I think will happen again this year so they're encouraging everybody to you know get the Christmas cards out start posting them people love receiving Christmas cards I'm sure and Johnny Logan is behind this and he actually called into the Unpost Parcel Hub which is very busy at this time of the year to wish all the staff well as they embark on a busy season for Christmas but because of that and because the send the love this Christmas with on post post me now and Johnny Logan being involved we have an unpost prize pack to give away and this morning we have in that prize pack a booklet of stamps including 20 national and 5 international stamps a prepaid on post box prepaid on post packaging and a personalised Johnny Logan bauble with post me now slogan on that bauble would you like to win that? Well if you do what Eurovision hit is this from Johnny Logan I've been praying such a long time if you know that song and the hit text your name uh, and indeed where you are to 0862103103 text or WhatsApp to that number and you could be winning that prize thanks to Unposts as they gear up for Christmas if you know what and indeed what this big Eurovision hit for Johnny was such a long time the National Lottery Regulator could appear before the Doyle Finance Committee. We'll find out more why indeed he could next. C103 Jobs. And on today's job spot, we have opportunities which include a qualified mechanic wanted for the McCroom area. Contact Philip on 0872523511. A mini bus driver is wanted for school runs in the Charnival area. Contact John on 0872154385. And Caulfield Supervalue and Bandon require sales assistance for permanent and seasonal positions. You can email your CV to vacancies at caulfieldsupervalue.com and you'll get these and more details on. Online, just go to c103.ie forward slash job. You're listening to Cork Today on replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed.
Record today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 0862103103. The National Lottery Regulator could be asked to appear before the Doyle's Finance Committee. The Taoiseach has suggested after concerns were raised on what seems an unwinnable jackpot. It was first raised by Fine Gael Deputy Bernard Durkin, who joins me this morning. Good morning to you, Bernard. Good morning. Uh, first of all, we did mention this in the show last week and again earlier this week when it was suggested by yourself and everybody did agree and frustration among a lot of people over what is happening. But then people said, well, it was the government's decision to privatise the lottery. So this is what they should have expected. Well, of course, that's a very simple answer. <laughs> Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Uh, get around to it. Uh, first of all, uh, the, the lottery was sold along with a lot of other uh, household silver in the wake of the economic crash. And as people will recall, the IMF were in government buildings in Marion Street in Dublin for months. And and the big fear was at that time that uh, this country wouldn't be offered any kind of a bailout or, or at terms that would be beyond our reach. And uh, a lot of things were sold, a lot of things were privatised. I would be a, a great fan of that, style, but the important thing to remember about the Irish lottery is that it is the legacy of uh, Donald Creed, former minister and, and, and a good representative from Cork as well, and uh, it was created for uh, many good causes, which is ter- has served very well over the years. And many communities all over the country have benefited from it and, and will continue to do so. But in recent times, it would appear that uh, the big prize is rolled over continuously and and is not being won. And people are asking questions. And one of the questions being asked, being asked by people was, where have all the winners gone? Is yeah, and in, in, in fairness, just for the National Lottery to give them a right to reply, but we were in touch with them and, and they do say that the lower price tiers, that they are being increased and there's more of a chance to win more on the lower price tiers. So what do you say to the National Lottery well, in that regard? Well, they, they, they haven't done a very good job in publicising that. 
Uh, and the, the problem is this is the, the public are concerned. Public confidence in the national lottery is waning. And if that's allowed to continue, the integrity of the lottery, the lottery will be undermined and it, it could become, uh, it could become uh, an issue in the future by, by way of which the public who supported voluntarily might well switch and go elsewhere. If that happens, it's a big loss. It's a big loss to the various charities the voluntary groups throughout the country, the health services, the educational services, and all the other emergency services that benefit from it. And it is based in legislation. So uh, the sale had to come about because we didn't have enough money to run the country at the time. And um, even now people have forgotten that the IMF were in this country. And it's not all that long ago. So we shouldn't mix up the two. The lottery is there for a purpose, uh, to serve the people. And it needs to be transparent. We need to know how it's being run. And we need to be able to assure the people that, you know, this is your lottery and why is it so far out of reach now? So the the other prizes are being won, but they would have to be won anyway. Yeah, and the the frustration you mentioned there, it is the public, the public and the people are, are probably maybe losing confidence, but also wondering, you know, if there's no winners, why are we playing this? And right. they're asking, I know the money goes to charities, but they're asking, look, we're spending six, seven euros every week. So why am I doing this if there's no feedback? I mean, right. you one of the ideas you brought up was about the number of balls that go into the drum. And a lot of listeners agreed with you on this, that what if they reduced the amount? Well, why not, why not do just exactly that? But why drag it on week after week? For instance, the, the, it may be a coincidence. It may be that there's something wrong with the system. <clears throat> it may be that there's something wrong with the system. It may be hacked. I don't know. I'm not suggesting that anything has been done deliberately wrong, but the, 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 the policy is wrong. And we've invited the uh, regulator and the chief executive to come before the committee, and uh, the Taoiseach uh, has uh, supported that idea. So the committee at its meeting uh, the other day decided to invite both um, people and we're waiting to see what the outcome of that's going to be. However, and, and, and this is important, we had a good vehicle and have a good vehicle and has been in place for several years. It has worked extremely well and has worked well because there was an openness and an accountability uh, to, to, to allow the people know what they were betting on, where their bets were going. It's now, I believe, at about 10.7 million to one against winning the big prize. But they're very long odds. And you're right, people will eventually say, well, okay, can't, why can't I spend my money on something else? And that would be a disaster from the point of view of the lottery. We have done strange things in the past, and, you know, uh, sometimes being forced upon us. One of the things in respect of the, of the sale was forced upon us. We didn't have any option. Um, by we, I say, the government of Ireland, whoever they were. <coughs> But then I suppose we could, we could go back and forth about the IMF all, all the time. But the, the problem is now it's done. We have to work with what we have. Uh, and one thing you mentioned there about the committee, uh, the Rockdus Committee and uh, uh, the current owners now of the National Lottery coming before them. Uh, we've got a number of calls from people who say when they do the quick pick, uh, the numbers on the road they get, they can, for example, look like this. You could get number 10, 15, and then you'll get 22, 23, 24, and then number 40. So I did it myself just to check uh, were the callers are correct in this and they were every quick pick I did or shake on the, if you do it on the app you can shake the phone you get a number of numbers in a row on a ticket but if the balls are going to be you know jungle jumbled up in, in, in the drum uh, that's not going to work that way so I mean does that need to be looked at as well? 
Well, I think whatever is in the system and the way it operates now, it's not operating in the way that gives any kind of confidence to the people who support the lottery. And that has to be addressed. And I have never in my time in public life seen such a reaction, a spontaneous reaction from the general public in, in respect of an issue such as this. I've never seen anything like it. So people are agitated and animated about it and they need to know that uh, the issues are going to be addressed and I think they should be addressed. And let's remember this, you know, it has been suggested that, you know, the House always wins and the Monte Carlo uh, 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 syndrome or whatever they call it. And uh, that is that that you could roll over forever. Well, yeah, that's, and that that's, that's never stop. You could have... That's not a game of chance. Yeah, it could just keep going on and going on and going on. A lot of people have views on this. Uh, first of all, a texter here is saying, I also feel their checking machines need to be overhauled as they haven't worked in ages. And a number of people on about the numbers they do in Quick Pick, they come out in a row. So they said, regardless, if they had everything proper in, in the drums, you, you, you've no chance of winning with getting a ticket that has the same numbers in a row. Uh, it's not done properly. So there's a lot of people who have issues, not only with the rollover, but the way it's operated. If they do burners, for example, come in front of the Oireachtas Committee. Mm. Uh, what happens then? I mean, why don't they just say this is the way it is? We can only roll it over, uh, and we'll keep rolling it over until it's one. We can't do anything else on this. Uh, and the other issues that are coming up about their machines, about the way the numbers come up on the tickets, the same numbers in a row, and indeed on the app. What can be done if they they simply don't give any definite answer to you? Well, the reality of it is this: uh, I know um, we'll, we'll deal with that uh, as and when it arises. Uh, with, uh, that doesn't arise yet. Uh, so I'm not going to suggest that uh, what we are going to do beforehand, but suffice it to say that whatever is necessary will have to be done to ensure that public confidence is restored in the system. And if somebody tries to tell you or to tell me, that, well, look, I'm sorry, this is a game of chance. The same answer comes up every week. I don't accept that. And if there's a lottery machine working somewhere across the globe, that produces the same answer again and again and again and again, and the same combination again and again. I would have to have uh, say that that machine needs to be examined very carefully to find out what's going on. The current operators of the National Lottery, when does the licence run out for them? Oh, I think it's about 20 years or something like that. It's, a, it's quite a while. So it's 2014 well, it was sold, so it would be 2034. Well, so yeah. it, with that regards, would you welcome the fact maybe the governments in the future, if money is there, no, probably not, but if money was there, would you like it to go back into uh, government and state hands again? Well, uh, how that would come about would, would could only come about as a result of there being a clear indication of the lottery not operating in the way in which it was intended. Uh, and and when it was sold, uh, it was sold uh, obviously to, to and the state still gets money on, on for that sale an annual an annual uh, subvention from it. Um, if if it should transpire that the structure and the working of the lottery has been changed dramatically from what it was previously, for whatever reason, then there's a reason to come back and re-examine the basis and if necessary legislate to ensure that compliance. Uh, that the compliance becomes uh, central to the, the whole operation. Yeah, and more transparency in, in how they run it and on what happens behind the scenes. We'll wait and see what happens if they do appear before the Rockless Commission and what comes from that. For the moment, Bernard, a lot of people agreeing with you, I must say, this morning. And, and as I said, we'll uh, see what comes out of this over the last while. And maybe they'll have a winner at the weekend. So, again, <laughs> maybe they won't. We'll, <laughs> we'll see. It might, it might continue to odds? roll over. What are the odds? 
Well, that's true. Bernard, for the moment, thanks for joining us this morning on that. Uh, that is the Fine Gael, uh, Deputy Bernard Durkin, first one to raise the issue of uh, the lottery and, and what a lot of people on the ground are saying, uh, is that an unwinnable jackpot? Might be won this weekend. We'll have to wait and see. The big thing that is coming out, though, from this is, while people are concerned about the jackpot not being won, uh, it's regarding the numbers that are issued with Quick Pick. I've got a lot of people who've come back to me here and I did try it myself to see what was that correct and it is. I mean, you, you do a Quick Pick and it comes out with so many numbers but you could get three numbers in a row as I gave an example there 22, 23, 24 and the chances of that coming out out of the drum uh, is very, very, very slim. Uh, So uh, people feel not only the rolling jackpot, the way the quick pick system is operated does need to be looked at in the shops, in the machines that is, and also online. Your viewers are welcome. You can text or WhatsApp 0862103103 or call Bernie 1850333103. And who remembers in primary school? The sugra, the spree, the sunnis, the excitement around this time of the year when you heard these were coming into the classroom, the various stories, the puzzles, well, the latest editions are out and we'll chat about them now. Record today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850-333-103. And a news just coming in. First of all, we had this on the 11 o'clock news that the HSC are planning to administer booster jabs to people over 50. That will begin in the middle of next month. But NIAC has just recommended recommended booster vaccines to be ruled out to almost the entire population. Uh, This will be done in priority. Uh, It will be done pregnant women, those aged 40 to 49 and those aged 16 to 39 in descending order of age. We'll have more on that on C103 News at midday. But everybody who was in primary school in Ireland will remember at this time of the year getting the shimsha or the spree and the excitement of receiving these within the classroom. Well, Andy Miller is CEO of Follins who publish these every year. Good morning to you, Andy. Good morning, John Paul. How are you? I'm fine and thanks for joining us. I mean, with a growing age of digital and smartphones, are students still getting excited as as ever, I suppose, at the prospect of receiving these and these being released for Christmas, considering maybe others before them weren't living in a digital age with devices? Do you know something? It's it's a bit like the toy show that'll be on later on tonight. Nostalgia is an amazing thing and what we're seeing more and more and really, really peaked uh, last year um, what, with, with COVID was people want that sense of traditional uh, Christmas. People want that sense of nostalgia. That's, that's what people are looking for. And no different to anything that, um, you know, if we revolve education or reading, the tactile nature of a book is still hugely popular. There's a huge amount of digital in everybody's life and every day, especially in kids. And so the novelty in some ways of physically looking at an annual uh, is great and the fact that there's activities there's you know it's you know there's games there's stories there's poems you know all those things that are involved in in the tactile nature of a book that you can color in and you know these are these are kids that are really influenced by what they can see and what they can touch so that so i i think that what we're seeing and over the years and it's 51 years now that the annuals are still going really really strong and the great thing was in school, you always knew when you were getting older because you have different ones targeting different ages, such as the Simsha and the Sugra and the Spree. And the more you moved up to the next level, to the next class, you kind of felt you were, you know, a bit better because you had the, the older version than the person who maybe was in juniors. And I, I, that is something I, I would hope anyhow is going on in the schools uh, within Ireland. And a lot of the stories you have then in the books, I mean, they're suited to the ages, but I yeah. love the way you have the sporting legends included yeah. this year, our very own 
own Gary and Paul O'Donovan are in there and Annalisa Murphy as well. Uh, it's great to bring what's happening, I suppose, in the sporting world to the children as well. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think, I think, yes, the, it goes also to your first one, John Paul. I mean, the level of sophistication of what the reader is expecting is also gone up as, as everybody's become a lot more digital savvy. So we've had to, we've had to bring a lot of the content into the, what's relevant for the kids now. And so that's part of the job. And, you, and you've touched on, you know, some, some really good legends there. I mean, like, for example, also we've got the Mayo Ladies Footballer and Aussie Rule Star Neve Kelly. Uh, as well as the, the Ireland for the family uh, reigning champions, the Mahanis. So, you know, there's things that people see every day on TV or people, familiar, you know, familiar faces that, that, that they're there and that they're used to um, look, looking for. That's part of what the annual is about, is making sure. It's, and that's the hardest job, is making sure you're relevant. And also, you know, things like we're already starting on the 2022 Christmas annuals now. So trying to think of somebody or some people who will be relevant in 12 months' time is really, really hard. Hard, you know, because yeah. it's such a long time away. But but the whole point is, is it's it's about thinking of themes. So this year is, is, is about making memories, and you know it's, it's it's encouraging families to get together and you know to make memories, uh, things that we all grew up with. Like for example, in 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 Suga, which is for the the, the very small kids, mm. uh, marshmallow penguins is one of the things that we're seeing huge amount of recipes to make marshmallow penguins. A huge activity that parents uh, and kids can do together, all the way through to making reindeer antlers, hot chocolate stirs, paper cup jingle bells. There's tons of stuff now that parents can do in a wet, on a wet weekend or you know, a rainy afternoon with their kids and the kids can do themselves. So it's all about that making memories and nostalgia. And you mentioned the Sugra there, the educational side of it as well. I see you still have the spot the odd one out in there and the match and colour and all those do uh, go on to an educational theme within Sugra as well. And even though over the years I mean things have changed regarding graphics, uh, the graphics obviously have approved and, and, and changed but they still have the same theme and the same feel that they would have had uh, back in the 80s, 90s and early 2000s. Yeah, I mean, again, I mean, like there, there are people who, uh, who, uh, who <laughs> they are becoming collectibles um, we do get people who you know I'm missing I'm missing the 1983 edition. Can you know Can you send me the 1983 edition? Like we, you know I think we probably have it. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't think about this hugely ourselves. That you know by keeping multiple copies of of the editions throughout the years. And sometimes people ring up and say, "I found these in my attic. Would you like them?" And the, the annual started off as excess material that from our educational books that we had, and we made them into magazines. So they were they were a monthly magazine, and then that transferred into a an annual a, a something happening once a year then it transferred into a Christmas time piece and then it, it evolved from, from, from there so there are you know there's there's ones going back to the, you know the 70s and also before before there was the Christmas annual so it's 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 a it is a something that lots of for lots of people in the country it's a nostalgia last year again as I say we saw people from uh, America, Australia. We had a lot of overseas interest because there was families who couldn't get home and they were getting sent over and for their grandkids and for their own kids and for adult kids uh, that people were, were, were very, really, really keen to get them. Yeah, you've seen an uptake in that so over the last year or two because of everything going on yeah. uh, that people want to, want those memories and I can see people here texting in uh, and they're having lovely memories of, mm. uh, of their primary school days with the various shimshas and the sprees and one thing yeah. and I see it here as well in the sun is the quizzes were yeah. always huge and they're, they're still in the, the various publications and these were yeah. something that in our school what we used to do was they used to be run up to Christmas itself and the week before breakup yeah. and they had prizes and stuff but we'd all yeah. do the quizzes together. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, it, it, it is, as I say, it, it, it's something that, and I mean, you I mean you're spot on, uh, like, it, it's probably for for very few companies, you have a real opportunity, with, and Christmas Daniels is great for us, um, that it's a real feel-good factor, and, and, and part of what we, we make sure we do is uh, we would work very closely with the Children's Hospital Ireland uh, charity to make sure that those kids in hospitals at the time of Christmas, um, we, we deliver up to 8,000 annuals around the country to all the different children in, in, in hospitals in the kids' wards, because we are very fortunate. All of us are in a very, very fortunate position to be able to to, to receive annuals. We also work with the Simon communities around the country. Not everybody's in the same position. Uh, and so if we can, as a company and as we as individuals, can help people, that's part of what we have to do. So, you know, nearly 8,000 annuals go out to various charities around the country. We also support some local charities where, wherever possible so that people who are in financial need or people who are less advantaged, we can help as much as we can. And in kids in hospital at Christmas is, is, is one of the real huge ones. Well done. Well, that's fantastic. And even within you have the biodiversity as well and a lot of environmental stories in the various editions. You mentioned there about people who have uh, copies from many years ago. I'm sure at home where I'm from, we have um, we found them in an attic recently, editions uh, from a number of years ago. And I, a lot of people have picked up on what you said there, that they had them in, in their homes, in their Lofts, if they yeah. want to send them on to you, I mean, are, oh. are you looking for them? Are you welcome? Oh, absolutely. Them? Oh, I mean, look. I mean, I, I think, I think that uh, it, it, it is a collectible, and you know, uh, and I'm, I'm not sure. I can't tell you. Do, I, do we have one of every one over the mm. 51 years? Like we probably don't. We have definitely got some, you know, more some from more, more other years than others. But you know, yes, anything that is there. I mean, look, they are the nostalgia. There was, a, there was some articles. I think it was in the. Uh, the Irish Examiner uh, earlier on in the month and again the feedback uh, from that you know from, from people just publishing and talking about them it, it, it's a great it's a great it's a great thing and um you know, for, for as I say, it, it, we're, we're delighted to be involved. This year, we've also done something with uh, Glanby, another Irish brand with mm-hmm. uh, on Avonmore Super Milk, and they've got a great prize for um, for the for the older kids, a class trip to Photo Island or Dublin Zoo. So again, it, 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 we also want to encourage uh, classes to get involved, teachers to get involved. You know, we you know it starts off with a Halloween coloring competition with tens of thousands of kids start off this whole run into Christmas with Halloween colouring competitions. So, you know, there's, there's everybody in school, they know Christmas is coming when they see the Halloween com- competitions and then see the annuals being promoted. So, yeah, so it's, it's a great it's a great feeling. And regarding, by the way, if they want to send them back to you from from older editions, is it to the Fallen's Head Office is the best yeah, place? To, yeah, yeah, absolutely. If people have them, great, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And very finally, I mean, they're usually got via the schools or in the schools, you would yeah. purchase them from the school. Are they available? that way again or can you get them in shops yeah uh, Eason's uh, we, 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 Eason's certainly um, have them at the moment and also if you go into www.folands.ie forward slash Christmas um, some, some annuals can be available uh, through our website um, but mainly it's through schools it's, it's always been that way but we have, to, we have for because of the demand uh, we've put some through uh, Eason's and Eason's have been selling over the last number of years uh, all, all I say is stocks are flying at the moment so um, for those schools who are listening or teachers who are listening who haven't got their orders in I would be getting them in sooner rather than later but it's a great it's a great problem to have in some ways OK well I appreciate you taking time out this morning to chat with us Andy and best of luck this year as you said a lot of nostalgia coming in here from listeners remembering their time in primary schools and receiving and the excitement in receiving uh, these books so best of luck and well done again for this year 
John Paul, it's a pleasure and thank you very much for having me on the radio. Thank you. Take care. Andy Thanks. Miller there, who is CEO of Folland. And as he said, you'll get those in, in bookshops. A lot of various bookshops have them, I'm sure. And Easton's as well, as he mentioned there. And within the schools, as usual, uh, the schools will be getting copies of these and they bring back so much nostalgia. I mean, this morning uh, here in the offices when I was showing uh, Ken and others, they all remember them from their days in school. So it will tell you how long they are on the market uh, and how popular and how about the nostalgia and people remember those of uh, the various various, uh, what have we, Spree, we have Sunnis, we have the Sugra and Shimsha all there. Uh, so uh, thank you again to Follins uh, for joining us and bringing back some memories to a lot of people this morning. We spoke about the lotto uh, there with uh, Bernard Durkin, the Fine Gael deputy, and we did a lot of calls and texts from people who felt then, outside of the jackpot not being won, the fact that they do quick picks and they get the same numbers in a row, and they kind of feel, well, if the balls and the drum are being, you know, juggled around, and I'm doing a quick pick and I get the same numbers in a row, they feel it's not fair. And if you're picking your own numbers, which you can do, very rarely would you pick numbers in a row maybe you would I'm not too sure it all depends on the person what a texter here says hi there on the lot of discussion there is the exact same probability of each number coming out of the machine if it is a fair game which it is said to be so number one has the exact same chance to come out of the drum as number two and so on and so on therefore numbers on quick picks being in a row does not make a difference each number has the exact same chance to come out of the drum even if they are in a row that is simple mathematics probability says that texter and another texter saying yes I agree with those who say that the same numbers come out if I am picking the numbers myself I would never pick numbers in a row uh, but on the quick pick it always seems to be the case uh, so I now go back to my old way of picking my own numbers as I used to have luck on quick picks but within the last six months I have never won anything on a quick pick and a similar text also in from Margaret on the lotto so mixed views on the lotto yours are welcome call Bernie 1850 or you can text or WhatsApp 86 our lines are open 1850 text or WhatsApp up 0862103103 your calls and comments very shortly but first the final chance for you to win with Unpost who are reminding people of the importance of sending post parcels and gifts uh, early by the way this Christmas as Unpost is starting its season of sending the send joy send magic and send love and Johnny Logan even turned up at the post uh, parcel hub in Dublin to wish the staff well as they embark on a busy Christmas season and as the Johnny Logan, of course, Eurovision winner for many times and wrote so many Eurovision songs as well, was there. And the Send the Love This Christmas with Unpost, Post Me Now campaign is underway. We have an Unpost prize pack to give away across the show. And we have a booklet of stamps, including 20 national and five international stamps, a prepaid Unpost box, a prepaid Unpost packaging, and personalised Johnny Logan bauble with Post Me Now slogan on that. And if you would like to win that prize pack from Unpost, Johnny Logan and the Eurovision what's this song I've been praying such a long time if you think you know text or whatsapp now at the name of the song where you are and your name 0862 we'll have a winner just before we finish the programme at one o'clock I've been praying such a long time 
Kodesh in. Text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. On the new variant we spoke about earlier in the show, John on WhatsApp says, JP, this new variant is of great concern and we know how the Delta variant spread around the world. Our government is not meeting until Tuesday to discuss this variant, which could be serious for us as usual. They are using Nefesh to cover their own shortcomings. Well, uh, they'll have to wait, I suppose, and see what happens today. It's a developing story if it's more serious than what is thought as the uh, World Health Organization are still looking into the seriousness of this variant. Uh, I'm sure things would, would change as we have seen in the past where they do then meet on a Saturday or Sunday. And then we've a lot of people texting in saying, why is it all about Ireland? Why are we the ones in other European countries banning flights from South Africa to Ireland? Surely this is a, a problem for Africa. Well, a texter here is saying, when people speak of Africa, could you educate them to the fact that there are about 44 countries in the continent of Africa, a continent of Africa even. Uh, So it's not just one country, it's a continent as we know. Uh, And because of that, there's a lot of countries, it's not Africa itself, I suppose, will make the decisions, it's the countries within the continent. And you're right, I mean, one of those, I don't have the full list of, of where they think this variant is, they have just said South Africa. And I know there's been a detection in Botswana and we've also heard uh, of other uh, countries but I don't have the full list of them to hand they haven't revealed everything as yet uh, but uh, South Africa is the region they are talking about but indeed you were right and just picking up other people who were texting in to say you know it's Africa's problem why is Europe worrying about this uh, that there is of course a number of countries within the continent of Africa and then on the lotto and people are having mixed views on the lotto on the rollover as it continues and people they were picking up on Quick Pick and felt that they were getting the same numbers all the time on Quick Pick. Well, James N. Middleton says he nearly won €2,000 or one nearly, sorry, one nearly two thousand euros on a quick pick three weeks ago. Uh, so well done, James. That was a nice win of nearly two grand. So quick picks do work, says James. So there we are. They are working for James in Middleton, and well done on your prize money. But Tom and Bantry says it's totally unfair that they have such huge top prizes. They should spread the prize money out among the winners. Feels Tom in Bantry. And well, very briefly this morning we were mentioning Garth Brooks, and there was a, a number of texts and earlier on in the show, and we read those out. But Burr says that she has a pain in her head about listening to Garth Brooks Uh, but she says who does he think he is and the people are worse to buy his tickets why not get one of our own like Sean Keane or John Sheehan uh, says Burr on text well I suppose on that then if he is selling off for five nights there must be a demand for him because the people did not want to go and see him he wouldn't sell out and Crow Park would not be uh, full for a lot of those nights anyhow Burr thank you for your text and can we help June out in Ballincollig on some baking and cooking uh, June in Ballincollig is making a plum pudding with a very old recipe and it's looking for a snipe of stout and June is wondering does anybody know what a snipe of stout is now on looking into this uh, years ago Guinness had a, a snipe bottle of stout but that's like a, a bottle so I don't know would that be too much to put into that recipe but can anybody help June out in Banning making plum pudding with an old recipe looking for a snipe of stout how much stout do they mean can anybody give advice to June 1850 333 103 to Bernie if you can and a West Cork parent has been in touch by text now I'm not too sure where you are in the West Cork region uh, but you're not happy with the bus transport uh, by bus Aaron and you're saying social distancing on school buses uh, and I, I would presume by your text you're saying it's it's 
that there, there is none and that COVID is spreading through the schools and you're, you're upset and you're worried over the lack of social distancing within buses. Now you say they're doing away with this. Uh, just looking into this, I know in September we had school principals on who were worried because then Bus Aaron had said in September when they were returning in the third or fourth week that they basically were going back to uh, more or less full capacity. So that has been the way from September uh, and into October and maybe where you were it wasn't that way and they have just implemented that now. So uh, we, I know we did try, try to ring that person for more information but we have also got on to Bus Aaron uh, on what they say regarding this and regarding the social distancing on school buses but now in particular with the rising numbers within schools and parents worried and upset as this parent is in the West Cork area we have uh, put a, a call into Bus Aaron and we'll see what they come back with regarding social distancing on school buses buses, and we'll get back to that on the show if not today on Monday show and then Michael and Castletambert over the uh, tragic loss of life that was in the English Channel uh, over the news we heard over the last week and Michael says that news uh, with poor people trying to find a better life for their families. So sad, yet it was something waiting to happen, says Michael. That channel is a deadly stretch of water. Let's not forget that two years ago, 39 Vietnamese lost their lives in the back of a lorry trying to get across the channel to Britain. And Boris Johnson and Preti Patel have a lot of serious questions to answer for because they tried to make illegal for organisations and individuals to save those that are in distress. These people are not illegal immigrants. These people are trying to do something legally, which is crossing the English Channel, which is legal under international law, says Michael. They are legal asylum seekers and have the right to apply for asylum in the UK. But as we all know too well, the British have no respect for international law. Uh, the story is not over yet, feels Michael O'Sullivan in Castletambert on WhatsApp. And then we got a text yesterday. And we looked into this. Uh, this was from a listener in Fermoy who says, JP, just wondering, does any of your listeners in the Fermoy area know why the Cope Day Centre in Fermoy was closed on Tuesday evening? And now this person says that there was no consultation with the client's family. On text, we did contact the Cope Foundation and they say that this is an extremely challenging time for everyone at the Cope Foundation. As always, our priority is the safety and well-being of people. We support their families and and our staff. With high levels of COVID in the community, there are times when it will impact on our ability to deliver services. In some cases, and with short notice, we have to make the very difficult decision to temporarily close or curtail our day services. People supported and their families uh, will always be informed of any temporary closure by their local service manager with as much notice as possible. And they say their staff teams are working tirelessly to save, deliver and uh, deliver those support and services in this very challenging circumstances. And they're grateful for people's understanding and cooperation at this time but uh, they say that even though at short notice they will be informing uh, families of uh, temporary closures but it could be at short notice and they will give as much uh, time as they can I suppose in that short notice period uh, but uh, according to our texter they weren't but Cope said they do uh, give the, the notice and it is due to uh, the high levels of Covid in the community that was the response from Cope on that one. Now Panto is back this year at the Everyman it is of course Aladdin this year performing which is being staged in association with CADA Performing Arts Academy and our news reporter Murray Tuig went along to find out how preparations were going at the Everyman. A whole new world. 
This year's Panto at the Everyman, Aladdin opens on the 8th of December. Dale Cronin is Aladdin. I'm really enjoying it. It's a good uh, challenge and I'm absolutely delighted to be doing it in Cork. Um, because Cork, I love Cork. I've been here like four, five years now and I'm just absolutely delighted to be in a Panto in Cork this year. Marianne Goggin is Jasmine. I grew up watching it. I've been through being the junior chorus and then being the handmaidens in every performance. So this is my first time being on stage as a lead. I got a taste of it last year with the small the storybook Panto Stereos, the Cinderella, but this is my first time being on stage watching the people I used to watch, so it's amazing. There will be a full schedule of matinee and evening performances. Fanula Linehan, who plays Wishy, says it's very exciting. We came in this year, I think, certainly with um, a hunger and a joyous enthusiasm. I mean, um, last year, 2020, would have been my 20th year in Panto and the Everyman, but unfortunately it didn't happen. So you can imagine how enthusiastic we are. I mean, we're joyful coming in to start, and then when you're working with such a fun script, it's just joyful all round for everyone. Michael Sands is Jafar, the baddie. And it probably is the only time where you know you're doing, you're doing your job correctly, the bigger the boo. And I promise you, I don't take it personally. <laughs> I don't start crying if people boo me too much, it's great. <laughs> Phil and Jess are in the ensemble. They say that rehearsals are great fun. We're totally in a bubble, like in rehearsals. We don't even know what's going on in the outside world. You know, it's <laughs> lovely to come in and spend the day with each other and go home and then we're in again. It is really like a proper bubble. And to have that energy back in rehearsals yeah. of like, you know, getting into it mm-hmm. and like the excitement and like finding all that energy off each other. It's yeah, like so yeah. nice to be back doing it. Choreographer Kellyanne Murphy has been involved in panto for a number of years. My first panto I ever did with Kata because I came up through um, was actually Aladdin and I was in it and I've performed in over 20 pantos and then I went on to choreograph the junior chorus. This is actually my first year choreographing the entire show. I was assistant choreographer for a while, but no, I'm really excited. Jessica Healy-Reshig is costume designer. It's great to be back working again um, because obviously we had 18 months of nothing. So yeah, it's, it's, it's really nice to be back. Props lady Geraldine O'Sullivan says COVID precautions are in place. This year now will be quite different because we have to make sure that they're all sanitised properly. So hopefully we'll have a, two special boxes. You know, the when they're finished with them, they'll put them into one box and then they'll put them into another box and I'll sanitise the whole lot uh, when I'm when the show's over then, basically. I'm after getting a small part myself this year in it as well. So um, I'm delighted with that. Director and producer of The Panto in association with CADA is Catherine Mahan-Buckley. The one part of AR that I miss having, that not having children performing, but unfortunately we couldn't because of the vaccines. The extra burdens that you have really, you know, with antigen tests and people hibernating. I, I said to somebody at the moment, all I'm doing now is going from rehearsal to my home, rehearsal to my home. The whole world has kind of like stood still for me at this stage. But look, if that's what it means for us to go back to perform, to bring joy, happiness and a bit of fun to everybody.
Porter, thank you to Murray Tuig there and the cast at the Everyman for this year's Panto Aladdin. June and Bannon colleague making her plum pudding, wondering what indeed was a snipe of stout. A lot of people came back to us on that. It seems what most people do, and uh, one person on WhatsApp is saying, I put in a cup of Guinness when I'm making them. That was done a long time ago. So a cup is what a lot of people are saying, June. Another person is saying what they mean is a third of a pint. So a third of a pint, which more likely would be something similar to a cup so a cup of Guinness in that plum pudding hope that helps you there June and Ballincollig and hi to Michael who was asking uh, the Christmas bonus is this being paid this week or next week I can tell you the Christmas bonus uh, for the weekly pensions and welfare benefits that will be paid out between December the 6th and December the 10th The C103 Cork Diary With Cork County Council where communities and businesses all across the county can get the support they need at corkcoco.ie and Kilmurray Historical and Archaeological Association they are having their first journal launch that is going ahead at 8 o'clock tonight at the Independence Museum in Kilmurray the fundraiser in Clondrotta Hall that was due to be held tonight that has now been postponed due to the rising COVID numbers a drive-in bingo in the Creamery Yard in Kildallery that is going ahead tonight at 8 o'clock and the West Cork Choral Society presented evening of music, poetry and reflection that's this evening in the All Saints Church and Drummer League and then tomorrow evening in St. Faulkner's Cathedral in Ross Carberry. They both commence at 8pm. Record today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 103. And your final few texts. Welcome now for our competition with On Post. Hi to Grace and Mallow. Uh, Grace, you text in, so you just text in your name and the song that you think we're speaking about as we gave the competition's details earlier because Johnny Logan sang this very famous song. But what is it? such a long time and you can text Grace or indeed you can WhatsApp you have a choice of both uh, so you can do that and we will bring the answer to you very very shortly Grace was a bit confused there about the WhatsApp situation you can do both Grace text or WhatsApp whatever you prefer we'll have the answer for that on post competition very shortly but schools are always striving to improve sporting facilities for students one school has come up with a book idea to improve their facilities and Rob Honahan is the head PE teacher at the Hamilton High School in Bandon he joins me this afternoon afternoon to you Rob Hi, John Paul. How are things? I'm fine, thanks. Now, this is a great idea for a book. And before we get into the book itself, the funds from this will go towards improving the sporting aspect of the school, which has really greatly improved over the last number of years. Yeah, every we're fundraising there, but every penny is going to go towards actually astroturfing a part of the pitch in the school. Uh, so the problem we had initially was that we have a pitch out in front of the school but in Ireland it rains a lot and unfortunately it regularly got waterlogged so it had a big impact on the students they might be able to puck around at lunchtime or kick around and be limited P options sometimes and even training after school you know we'd have to go across town to Charlie Hurley to Bandon's GA uh, pitches to train so we said if we asked her turf this Eugene O'Brien the principal suggested trying to ask her turf some of this and that would take care of those issues so that's what we're actually doing. We're fundraising to actually astroturf part of the pitch. And th- there was two pitches always there and, and, and there's a top pitch as well. Have you the plans for that pitch or is it, is it just for the lower one you're going to start on first? Uh, no, we're actually going on the top one. We're going to go on the you top one. You go on the top one. one. And the lower yeah. one then, will, will that remain as it is? 
that will remain as it is yeah, yeah. so the top will be the, 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 the AstroTurf and the other one then will be as it is which I mean is a great investment for any school to have an AstroTurf for any kind of sporting facilities but to do that you need money and I mean it's a great book to have on a coffee table at Christmas to flick around and just pick certain characters because they're all speaking about the pivotal moments in their lives that I suppose change their lives really their turning points and that's the name of the book it's called Turning Points uh, just to take a look at a few people I mean one man who's always been outspoken but had some career on and off the pitch is Eamon Dunphy Oh yeah Eamon Dunphy was very good to get back to us uh, like in, in his uh, turning point he references it was come towards the end of his career he'd actually he was with Charlton and he got promotion and he was delighted obviously they moved up a league and he thought he was set for a higher division and then over oh, the blue he didn't expect it at all he was actually cut he was let go so he was, you know, he was very low. Obviously, he was very. He thought it was the end of his career over in England, and he thought it was quite a bitter way to end his career. And out of out of the blue, then Charlie Hurley, the Corkman, actually, a uh, former Irish international, he was manager of Reading at the time, and he just out of the blue, he got on, on to him and Dunphy, and he just said, "Look, I'd like you to come and join us here at Reading," and he did, and he took him in, and he said, "Look, you're going to be very important to us." He made him captain. They won promotion, and. Uh, Dunphy just says that it was just an outstanding end to his career, you know, that put a very positive end uh, to his time in England, you know, and he just yeah. he stresses at the end end the importance of just meeting somebody who believes in you. you yeah, know? totally, and how it didn't influence the rest of his life off the pitch and in the up as what he does now in the media. And then you also the likes of John Egan and Conor Horan, of course, uh, Conor Abandonman. Yeah, yeah, Conor Horan was uh, got back to us too. Yeah, his his pieces, you know. Similar to some a lot of the soccer players who went over to England, it really just seems just hyper competitive, you know. He went over to Sunderland, obviously an outstanding player at sixteen or seventeen, but he was there, you know. He was determined not to come back. He would have seen coming back to Cork as being a failure. Uh, but after three years there, he still hadn't had a first team appearance, so he he said, "All right, I'm going to have to move." He went to Ipswich Town, you know. Still, after six months, no first team appearances. So he was very down, you know. And then old Timid Argyle came into him halfway through the season, but they were in League Two and they offered him regular first team football. But as he says himself in his account, he says a lot of people would have seen this as a demotion, you know, as a negative thing that he was going down to League Two. But he saw it as a positive. Uh, but he was aware enough then to see that, you know, he was under no illusions that if he didn't make it in League Two, as he said himself, you know, if you don't make it in League Two, where do you go then? So he, like, he always prepared well, but he said he left no stone unturned at all in terms of preparation played well and began to work his way up through the leagues and of course he's, as we all know he's played in the Premier League he's over 30 Irish caps Yeah and he's so, doing well with the Republic of Ireland as well so he, he has made a huge name for himself over the last number of years and while we mention sport because it is for sporting facilities you have uh, big sporting names also here in Ireland like um, in Gaelic Games Limerick Hurler Keane Lynch is there the great Rita Buckley but outside of sport uh, the likes of Nevin Maguire is mentioned in the book and a man from Castle Magner Will Collins he's well known for his impressive screenwriting yeah, Will Collins. Yeah, uh, just like you're saying there, John Paul. There, there's you know, it's not just a sporting book. There's you know, there's it's just an eclectic mix, mix of high achieving people. There's something here for everybody from all different fields: sport, politics, business, academia, uh, you know, music, the whole lot. But Will Collins, yeah, he he was a screenwriter. You know, he's he's an Oscar nominated screenwriter. But he just he references the part. I think he was eleven or twelve. He was sitting at home watching Indiana Jones, and there was just an escape scene where. Indy escapes the baddies anyway and he's rolling out of the shot behind the shield and he just realised, he said it was like an epiphany, he realised, you know, that that didn't just happen, there was people, a lot of different people working to make that happen and, you know, that he would actually like to be involved in the film industry in some capacity, which was fairly mature uh, turning point for an 11 or 12 year old. 
So he said after that, he kept taking steps. You know, he watched lots of films. Uh, even when he was making up, he'd make up his own stories. When he's playing games with toys, he turned them into little films in his head. And as life went on, he set up a film society in college and began to pitch films and eventually ended up with a cartoon saloon. I don't know if you're familiar with them, but they're in Kilkenny there to be a world-famous mm. animation studio. They've done very well and, as uh, well, yeah. They have won a lot of awards both here and indeed in America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, that's, that was his... He, he, he had kind of an epiphany moment, I suppose, you know, at a young age, too. Yeah, and he's, again, like, like everybody else, doing really well for himself. And it's good for people who are maybe thinking of doing something in a career-wise, because there's a mix of careers in this book. They can see how people who were thinking of doing something or in a career and were looking for a change, how it worked for them. So there's advice as well as, as, well as really, I suppose, uh, an insight into where people got into their lives and where they got in their careers and what made it happen for them. So as I said, a great coffee table filler, a great book to just even pick up and flick three or four names. You know, don't have to read it all in one go. And I think it will do very well for you because of that. And again, uh, proceeds all to the Hamilton High School uh, in Bandon for the sporting facilities. Uh, where is it available from the book? Well, it's, it's, I suppose you can get it from the Hamilton High School website, which is www.hamiltonhighschool.ie. We deliver all over the country. So you can order it directly from that. Or we have loads of places. I mean, Bandon, Bandon Books, Kevin O'Leary's, Hickey's Bookshop, Wildside Sports, Timaleague Centre in the Shannon, O'Sullivan Centre, O'Marco's, the post offices in Kilbritton, Kilnamartra, Ballancolig, Inneskeen Centre, Inneskeen Pharmacy. You have them in ba- Ballinhasig Gala, Carabine Bookshop and Supervalue, Ballineen West End Garage and Ballivorney in the Bookshop and Costcutters, McCroom Bookshop, uh, Nature's Corner, Lynch's Bakery, Lazarda Petrol Station, Tom Coughlin's Bookshop and there's more that will be Probably yeah, more places, a huge area cover there but again schools in Bandon would have a huge hinterland there across the west and uh, mid Cork area uh, for the moment Rob best of luck to you all there with the book hope it goes well for you and hope it does uh, bring the, the necessary funds there to complete what you were doing sporting wise in the school that of course the book is called Turning Points uh, beautiful um, cover where did the cover um, idea come from actually it's like a cars driving through a mountain it is it the Michael Murphy, the biology teacher, his wife, uh, Megan, she's actually a graphic designer oh. and she actually put the book together in the end. So she selected that. So, uh, oh, well done yeah, to it her. Just, it just represents the turning points. Yeah, it does. It's very clever. Uh, well, well done again. And it's Turning Points is the name of the book available there and it's in aid of the Hamilton High School and the sporting facilities. Rob, thanks for joining us this afternoon. Best of luck to thanks all in Hamleys. Take care. Thanks for having us uh, on. Thank thanks you. very much, Rob Honaghan there, who is the head of PE at the Hamilton High School in Bandon. Our competition with on post for you to win a booklet of stamps, including 20 national and five international stamps, a prepaid on post box, a prepaid on post packaging, and a personalised Johnny Logan bauble with Post Me Now slogan on this. We wanted to know the song that Johnny Logan sang. I've been praying such a long time. It was, of course, What's Another Year. Well done, that prize pack from Impost going to Esther Falvey and Gary No in Formoy. Well done to you, Esther. We'll be in touch about your prize. Court today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850-333-103. And time for our movie review and we say hello and good afternoon to Mark. Mark Malone. Hi, Mark. Hi, John Paul. How are you doing? I'm fine now. You went along, first of all, and you saw this. It's Shang Chai and the Legends of the Ten Rings. First of all, let's have a trailer of this one. I know that you don't like to talk about your life, but a guy with a freaking machete for an arm just chopped our butts in half. Who are you?
are you? Run it. On September 3rd, my father trained me to be an assassin. But that's not who I am. A Marvel legend. DJ Snake. Will rise. You got this. Thank you. You can't outrun your destiny. My name is Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi. Shang. 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 S-H-A-N-G. Shang. That's what I said. Run it. Okay, there we are. Shang or Shang or whatever way you want to pronounce it according to the person there. But <laughs> Shang-Chi and the legend of the Ten Rings. Shang-Chi, yes. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, what's this about? It's a Marvel production anyhow, first of all. It is, yeah. And it is it is part of that whole universe. And of course, when they're making these Marvel movies these days, they kind of flit in and out throughout the history of it. So they jump forward, and they jump back. And it can be very difficult sometimes, you know, to think well, where then within the Marvel universe is this film? Where does this fit in? So I had to ask my 20-year-old and she said, well, I think it's just after the snap. Now, that won't mean anything to anybody who knows nothing about the whole Marvel Universe, but it will to those who do. And um, But the thing is, of course, you've got to ask yourself a question whenever I watch these films that say, uh, you, you know, you're coming to a film like this for the first time. You know, will you be able to watch it without knowing the history of this whole universe? And I think you will. Uh, so don't worry about that. I mean, there is some crossover here by some of the characters from other movies. Uh, but you don't worry. You, uh, that's not a problem. So at the start of the film, we are introduced to the character of Wen Wu. Now, this is a character from centuries ago. He's got these 10 rings which he wears on his hands, which gives him ultimate power. And it means that he can just basically control everything and everyone around him. Uh, unfortunately, like the, the, the voiceover at one stage says, look, you know, even though it gives him this power, he hasn't he doesn't use it for good. He uses it for evil and wants to try and control the world with the um, with the rings. And um, it also gives him uh, the gift of everlasting life. So therefore, we see him through the centuries uh, using the rings, not for good, for, but for bad. Until the film then weirdly jumps ahead to 1996, and all of a sudden we see him in like a you know a shirt and tie, which is very odd. And uh, but he falls in love with this woman, and this woman manages to kind of you know bring him away from the darkness and say, look, there's a better life out there, and there's a better life being good. They have two kids. Unfortunately, the wife then passes away, and so therefore he then reverts back, unfortunately, to a lot of his bad habits. He trains his uh, daughter and his son to become uh, warriors, uh, but they don't want a part to be part of that life. So jump ahead then again to uh, the current day. Uh, the daughter is in Hong Kong and the son is in San Francisco, uh, just living uh, an ordinary life as a, as a bus boy. Um, uh, the, the other voice, the female voice you heard in the trailer there is Aquafina, who's his best friend. And she she just thinks he's a little bit of a wimp. She thinks he's just an ordinary, decent guy, you know, that uh, she's friends with until when they're on a bus and they get attacked by men who have been sent by his father. Um, and and there's a, a terrific fight scene where, of course, he reveals that he has uh, been trained as an assassin uh, down throughout the years. And the scene actually that's very similar to the bus scene in, in Nobody, only this one is kind of more played for kind of laughs rather than uh, uh, Nobody. And um, and so therefore then what the, he he did, then decides to contact his sister because the, they believe his father believes that his wife is still alive and that uh, she has been kept half captive by um, her family uh, in Hong Kong. And so therefore, um, 
the character here of Sean teams up with his sister to go back to fight against uh, their father, which sounds kind of complicated and it is ever so slightly. Uh, but this is all done very, very well. There's a lot of martial arts here. As I said, there is some kind of crossover here. For example, one of the characters of um, Wong, uh, we would have seen in Doctor Strange. And also there's uh, there's a lovely appearance from Ben Kingsley. I don't know, did you see, I don't know if you even remember seeing um, Iron Man 3 by any chance? Yeah, I did. And, and I also think there's an influence of Iron Man, but also an influence of X-Men in this as well. Well, not, not so much X-Men necessarily. I, I think the, but, the but, effects but and stuff. Ben, if you remember, Ben Kingsley played the character of Trevor Slattery in uh, in uh, Iron Man 3. Yeah. And when it's revealed who he is in that film, it's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. And uh, they bring this character back as a kind of, um, in a kind of a nice kind of a comedic kind of sense, which kind of lightens the movie. In fact, one of the things uh, uh, that I read, one of the criticisms of the film by people is that it was, oh, there's Marvel again, just introducing the Marvel sense of humor. Why not? I don't see anything wrong with that. I mean, you yeah. want to make every film really, you know, uh, kind of dark and, and and serious. I really, really enjoy this film. I thought it was really, really great fun. As I say, you don't need necessarily to know about the Marvel Universe to kind of enjoy it. All the action sequences are very, very good. The director obviously knows what he's doing. He's a Hawaiian director who's obviously been influenced by a lot of the movies from uh, Hong Kong, those martial arts movies. And everybody's really, really good. Michelle Yeoh, we've seen her in martial arts movies before. She's terrific as well. Everybody's good in the movie. Uh, maybe the third quarter kind of gets a bit kind of dull and boring uh, every now and then, but that's my only criticism of it. Other than that it looks great the um the cgi is great you know and especially after red notice last week where, where the cgi was terrible here the cgi is great i really enjoyed it i thought it was great front from start to finish okay out of 10 i give it nine. Oh, that's excellent nine out of ten so for shang chai and the legends of the ten rings good at marking there nine out of ten check it out and then a lot of talk about this one mark over the last uh, number of months is it out on streaming now james bond of course no time to die it is indeed, and uh, it's about fifteen ninety nine, I think. But again, you know, uh, you know, that's not too bad mm. if you have a couple yeah. of friends around, maybe who can kind of share uh, the price of it. And it is available for streaming. And um, of course, it was delayed for for such a long time. I know you had Crossy talking about this uh, some time ago. He was uh, he, he went to uh, the premiere the, in Dublin. Uh, premiere yeah. In, yeah. in Dublin. What's your um, take on I only it? saw this past. Say again. What's your take on it then, on, on the movie compared to what, what we've heard? I suppose. Oh. What, what would you see about it? Um, well, the thing is, is that I mean, I, pre- I know it's been very well received, and I would um, kind of add my kind of uh, voice to that. I thought that uh, even though it's two hours forty-five minutes long, which is one of the, <laughs> it's a really, really long film, um, it's so well edited and so well done that uh, I wasn't bored. And at no stage did I look at my watch to see what time it was, like I tend to do after about ninety minutes. Now it's not perfect in any way. It, it seems to me like you know they wrote this kind of love story and then thought, okay, well look, what we'll do is we'll have to have the bad guy in, and they brought in Remy Malik, who's hard hardly in the film at all, uh, which is a terrible shame because I wanted to see more of him. And it's almost like the film is kind of a a bunch of kind of action sequences uh, just kind of stuck together with a kind of vague kind of storyline. But the action sequences are so good and so exciting that the deficiencies in the in the plot really don't seem to matter there's a terrific sequence with the car for example which is kind of a basic lift from um, from goldfinger uh, there's a terrific sequence in a wood in uh, norway for example there's an excellent sequence with uh, anna de amis in um in cuba which is very exciting and so therefore the and and i really love the soundtrack i mean what they've done here is they one of the things that always used to frustrate me about bond movies is the fact that they don't use the monty norman theme 
enough. And here they do. And Hans Zimmer, who did the music here, obviously knew that. They also used the theme from Her Majesty's Secret Service, which was written by John Barry, which is my favourite uh, theme. And that also uh, recurs throughout the film. And there are lots of Easter eggs where they do reference um, a lot of Bond movies of the past. And so I was really excited by it. I didn't necessarily believe the love story, the, 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 the love story between Bond here and the girl, because there's a huge age difference between them. <laughs> there are times when Daniel Craig looks like our father and there's no real chemistry between them. But the, again, what makes up for this film, I think, is just uh, the action sequences are so good. And uh, from start to finish, I mean, I really, really enjoyed it. Then something happens in the film and um, and it made me very angry. But I'm not going to talk about that, obviously. Okay. I mean, some people are fine <laughs> by it. I'm not. It really, really angered me. And, and out of um, 10 for No Time to Die, how would you rate it for your rating? Um, I'd I, I give it a good solid eight, though. It's still oh, really, really entertaining. Oh, you enjoyed it, so that's good. Eight out of 10, so for No Time to Die. Mark, we thank you for that. And we'll chat to you next week with the movie review. Thank you. Mark Malone there with our movie review and he's back next Friday. That's it from us. Patricia Messenger is back on Monday morning with Cork Today from 10am. Best of luck to all the various teams involved in county finals across the weekend here in Cork. We wish you well. I'll chat to you again on Sunday morning from 10am with the Irish Sunday across North and East Cork and Cork City. John Green on the Irish Sunday in West Cork. Sunday morning from 10am. Nick Richards. Nick is up next with the very best of Feel Good Music and Cork's greatest hits he's with you from 1 until 4 and then Martina will drive you home from 4 here on C103 my thanks to Bernie Murphy who produced across the week and for you for your interaction on calls texts and indeed emails across the week we'll do it all over again when Patricia returns Monday morning from 10am until then have a fantastic weekend enjoy it I'm John Paul McNamara Hi I'm Daniel founder of Pretty Litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain I learned this the hard way after losing my cat Gingy so I created Pretty Litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors saving you money and potentially your cat's life Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy Terms and conditions apply see site for details Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., 